Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Hey, another thing that is um, important and getting more so to uh, our local culture here is travel. And mm. we have seen in the past, well, it's really two months or so uh, since there had been gradual easing of, of requirements um, around the region. First it was KL and then it was um, Thailand and now it's, you know, all over the place. That people are getting back on the road again. Yeah. No one better to touch base with and to figure out what exactly is happening uh, with our travel situation than Laura Holdsworth, who is the managing director, Asia Pacific, booking.com. Laura, great to see you again. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Ben. Great to be back. Yeah, now you've been on the road. You've been traveling yourself quite a lot lately. What have you been seeing uh, when you've been on the road uh, in these past couple of months? Yeah, I have. Um, we've been in the U.S. and Europe, and it's great to see. When you're in these countries, you can see that where the restrictions are lifted, life feels very normal. Um, and it's so exciting to see what happened yesterday for Singapore. I really think that last step of removing the pre-departure test is going to make such a difference because it's been putting people off, right? If you feel like you're going to get stuck somewhere. I know even from myself, my family were here last week and the nerves and the tension of whether or not they're going to make it. You know, the kids mm. are in school, surrounded by potential cases. Were they going to pass the test to be able to come for their holiday? So I think this last step of removing the pre-departure is going to make a huge difference and put us on par with yeah, what has already happened in Europe. Uh, the US have still got theirs for now, but... Uh, yeah, this is incredibly exciting. Yeah. It's so true, Laura. It really is. Because as someone who's booked these UK flights for June, July, I'm feeling exceptionally smug at the moment because I'm so, so delighted. It wasn't even the logistics of that testing at the airport. It wasn't even the cost involved. It was a psychological hurdle, wasn't it, Laura? It was the last one left. It's the, it was the big what if. What if one of us gets it just before or just after? It was such a huge psychological uh, barrier to cross, Laura. And, uh, and I'm sure now you, you expect to see a flurry of bookings, a real shift in mentality now. We will, definitely. And we're already seeing it in search data as the, the expectation was coming. We see that, that already. But now we will definitely see um, an uptake in travellers coming into Singapore and I think those going out because, yeah, the fear of being yeah. able to get back has lifted. So I, mean, I was in a conference. We had a, a partner conference in, in Amsterdam and in Nashville over the last couple of weeks. And you know, travellers are only really concerned if they get stuck. That's right. And if that barrier is removed, then mm. it's not about want to go to is about whether you can get home are, um, are they that. still going to be looking for the potential for you know ease of changing flights etc so if they do get sick for example they may not want to travel even though it's not necessarily the requirement that they'll be stopped from traveling but are the you and i talked about this uh, uh, you know half a year ago or more about how um, folks were looking for more flexibility in especially some of the budget airlines to be able to change tickets around should they need to is that still a concern or a, a question that people have for sure. I think we're seeing definitely in accommodation bookings, flexibility is still critical. Uh, about two thirds of our bookings are still booked on flexible policies. Mm. Now we anticipate that with restrictions getting lifted, then people will revert back to uh, potentially taking the plunge and taking the non-refundable type tickets. Um, but yeah, for now, flexibility, I think, is still on people's minds. Yeah, it's, are you, it's still early days. The announcement was only yesterday and we'll see the changes in force next week. But now that we are opening up, are you seeing a change in the types of flights and the types of holidays being booked? I know when I met you before, we had a fantastic panel discussion and then some of the 
comments I remembered were that short haul flights people were quite happy to take, but long haul flights, there was still some reticence, still some concerns. Is that changing? I think that will change. Um, We are still seeing all across Asia Pacific, domestic is still the primary travel. Um, But that is, whether that is confidence, whether that is the ability to even get out, you know, North Asia is still relatively restricted. We've seen Australia open, New Zealand starting to open next month. So I think that domestic has been dominant um, all over last year, certainly the start of this year. I think we'll anticipate to see some changes there. Even I just checked the searches, uh, our top searches for Singapore travellers and where they're looking for. And obviously you know, the staycation is is dwindling now um, as people are searching. And we see Bangkok, London, Paris, mm. uh, Phuket, Melbourne as the top five searches wow. over the last couple of months. So okay. people are looking to get back out for sure. They yeah. were all me. That was just me. <laughs> That's all I've been doing, Laura, for the last 48 hours. They're all me. <laughs> uh, Laura, when you, when you look at some of those searches, um, uh, well, for example, North Asia you just mentioned, um, is there any indication that, that you guys are hearing when Japan, for example, might reopen? Uh, so many people want to get to Japan and get back to Japan. I've, they, I've, they've missed the ski season, uh, sadly, the 2021-22 ski season. But uh, any indication when that might open? It's open for business travelers, uh, from what I understand, but not for tourism. Yeah, not yet. Um, we're tracking because we work closely with the Japan Tourism um, Board with their um, their program to get people traveling again, the Go to Travel campaign. And we yeah. are waiting for that to start. And honestly, if it opens, do they even start? We're not sure what they, what they do now with that campaign. Um, I'm actually going to be in Japan next week. You're right, it's open for business travel. And so with Um, visa applications getting approved, which we didn't know, but we got the approval. So we will be there next week and we'll be certainly trying to see what happens next for the tourism industry. I know that they're keen and we know through search data that certainly there's a lot of people that want to get back to Japan. Well, that was going to be my question. I know you do a lot of fascinating research data on that. What seem to be the go-to destinations for, for Singaporeans based upon your research? Uh, Well, those five that I just mentioned are the top right now. Um, So again, Bangkok, London, Paris, Melbourne, Phuket. Um, We're also seeing Malaysia topping up now also in the top 10, uh, KL and Genting Highlands, which is also interesting. I think people are also looking to get back to space. Um, You know, it's been a long time people have been locked in. Um, We're also seeing even for our Australia, New Zealand, who have had very long lockdowns, uh, exploring unique areas um, so versus the city destinations. So I think that will also continue for a while. Uh, Laura, one of the um, other topics that, that uh, we want to get to you on is your new Booking.com sustainability program. And uh, that was another topic you and I had talked about quite some time ago. People wanting to travel and get out, but they want to be more conscious of their carbon footprint, want to be more conscious of the impact they're having on the planet. Tell us what is what does that look like from Booking.com's perspective, your sustainability program? Yeah, well, we're super excited about it and how fast it's taken up. Uh, even just our travel predictions survey that we did this year over last year, we can see an increase in travelers who want to travel sustainably. Already we were impressed last year with the desire for, I want to do good, I want to leave a place better than I found it, I want to engage more locally and authentically with the local communities. So this year, even Singaporean travelers, almost 80% said that they want that sustainable travel is more important to them than ever, uh, and increasingly so in the last two years. And what they're saying, why it is, is that they want to imp- reduce the impact on the environment. 
They want to have a locally relevant experience. And I think, again, when we've been traveling domestically, we've realized the impact of ourselves in our own backyard. Mm. So, you know, the fact that they want authentic experiences where they go. And also there's the understanding or the perception that sustainable properties treat their communities better. Um, mm. And so we're seeing that there's a desire from travelers and incredibly proud from Booking.com side to have launched the Travel Sustainable Badge, which having launched only at the end of last year is now the world's largest accreditation for properties to show what they are doing in terms of their sustainable practices. And we work with the Travelist Coalition along with our peers uh, in the industry to, to show what is what our properties doing. And I say it's already we have over 100,000 properties that have gained the badge that shows that they are engaged in multiple prop, uh, multiple practices to allow the travelers to see what they're doing. And so you know, typically travelers have been um, the properties have had a hard time being able to display what they do. Mm. And they're doing great things, but they've not been able to display it. And travelers looking for it have not been able to find it. So to match these two, it creates a bit of a virtuous circle, um, and we will continue to grow that. So hmm. super excited um, to see that growing so fast. I'd say 100,000 properties already. This, I mean, this is genuinely wonderful, I think, Laura, and it's something that I would look for. I mean, I'm just curious, for the benefit of our listeners and viewers, logistically, how would it work? So I go to the Booking.com restaurant, and I want to make my trip as sustainable as possible. What am I looking for, and how do I go about it? Yeah, absolutely. And so with on, on the platform, there's a clear badge displayed um, that says it's travel sustainable property. So you can search for the properties that are sustainable. So when you're looking at a destination, you can put that as a filter as well. Um, and then it clearly states it. And even those properties that may not have got the badge are able to list what they're doing oh. um, to show you the practices that they're doing. And the great thing is it's also available to properties of all sizes, even home properties, individual homes, small properties, large properties. Again, so it's, it's become very inclusive, which typically that has, it has not been. And it's deemed to be expensive, um, which also you know, we talked to many properties and they're finding that that is not the case. And it is not increasing the cost for travelers. So, again, some of these myths that are there with, you know, if I want to do the right thing, it's going to cost me more. But the reality is, is not that. So it's. Uh, yeah. yeah, some of the some of the. Some of the low-hanging fruit in that discussion, Laura, is you know they they don't wash your towels every day or change your sheets every day if you don't want to, and you know you put the card on the bed and all that sort of stuff. Um, th- those to me just seem like that should be done anyway in this day and age, right? It shouldn't even be a you know let's and they give do it somebody anyway. credit My for other it. Beef is when you do hang the towels up, they they launder them anyway. Yeah, exactly, oh, exactly. Don't get me started. But if we can move beyond some of that that low-hanging fruit, what are some of the innovative things that you've heard uh, some of your partners are doing to to become more sustainable, uh, whether it's um, you know whether it's a, 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 a house rental or a, a hotel or whatever, how are they how are they standing out um, aside from some of these basic things? You're right. I think that those were the the foundational pieces that were easy to implement um, and also cost effective too. Sure. But we look across five different areas: whether it's waste, water, greenhouse gases, the local community, and the local nature. So there are five kind of primary buckets. And within there, there's about 32 different practices that properties can engage in. Uh, actually, yesterday we were talking to the Pan Pacific. A part royal group are mm-hmm. really leading the way. I mean, they are innovative in every way. So things like um, solar panels, they have got filtered water tap in the, in the room. So you don't need to have plastic bottles, removing all plastic bottles. Uh, even... Um, 
Um, the Welsh, oh, the, and actually, we were just hearing from the the restaurants there, but the the farm to table, farm to bar, and farm to spa. So they're actually growing their own vegetables, fruit, uh, and using them within the properties. So there's so much that hmm. can be done. And even like say for the smaller home type properties, there's a lot that can be done too. So it, it's really inspiring to hear from some of these. Yeah, and for the cynical traveller, I'm just thinking, how do you validate or endorse these badges? I mean, do you send people out to every single site? How, how does that work? Yeah, so we do validation checks throughout. Um, we also rely on the consumers to be, when they're there, to when they do the reviews. So we also ask to make sure that the practice is in place. Obviously, they're obvious ones. There's some, like, this is solar panels you wouldn't necessarily see. Um, so we are doing some verification checks there. And then we also yeah, rely on travellers to confirm that there were no plastic bottles, for example. Yeah. Laura, still one of the biggest um, carbon contributors would be flights, right? And we know, especially if you're doing long hauls. Um, it, uh, it, are more people interested in trying to figure out how to do carbon offsets? I know when we went, uh, we took our family trip to the U.S. in December, um, I paid for carbon offsets on the on the uh, Singapore Airlines website, and it cost less than two hundred dollars, I think, for all four of us. Um, and supposedly it offset, and I don't know if it really did or not. I'm just guessing that they were telling me the truth, uh, and I guess I felt a little bit better by doing it. But is that something that's realistic? A realistic option for people? Does can you do it through the Booking.com website, uh, or how are people viewing those carbon offsets for flights these days? Yeah, I think carbon offsetting is certainly important. And we have seen travellers say that they are now taking shorter haul flights for that reason. And so, I mean, even our Singapore travellers have said that Mm. they would consider that as part of their trip management. Um, But we also, yes, carbon offsetting is the alternative way. And we see we're now partnering um, with with some companies globally to allow that to happen on the platform. So that will be... Yeah, available because people want it. People want to at least feel good when they're traveling. And like yep. you say, the cost is particularly high. Mm. Uh, and so it allows people to yeah, to travel in the way that is right for them. And finally, Laura, as always, crystal ball time. Now that we're opening up, <laughs> how do you see 2022 going from here for Booking.com? I think it's going to go great. Um, we're already seeing the bookings coming. We know, I mean, even as we look at the World Travel and Tourism Council, they're predicting true GDP back from from tourism in 2023, um, surpassing 2019. But even for us now with Asia opening, we've already seen great, um, great recovery across the US and Europe. Obviously, we're a little behind. We need North Asia to join um, and to open. But I wish I had the crystal ball for some of our markets that we know are, yeah. are struggling a little bit and will be closed for a while. But for the most part, I think it, it's incredibly positive. Yeah. Uh, Laura, sorry, one last question is coming in on Facebook Live from LL Tan, one of our regulars. Um, what's the SOP for masks on flights now? Is in-flight ventilation guaranteeing that infection won't occur, uh, even for removal when eating? Uh, question mark. Uh, for example, the U.S. is no longer you know, having their mask requirement, according to a recent uh, uh, court uh, ruling. What are you seeing? And I, I would imagine it varies depending mm-hmm. on jurisdiction, but uh, you've, been tr- you've been on the road a lot. What, what are you seeing uh, as general the general um, mood or the general uh, way forward on that at the moment? Yeah, I think um, there's been, there'll be cautious optimism here. Uh, I think, you know, we, even in my travels coming back recently, I was wearing the mask because it was still mandatory, but I'm excited for my trip next week when the mask mandate is getting removed, certainly my trip to Europe. 
Um, and so I think with Japan next week, it will still be there. It will depend very much airline by airline. Um, but it's, yeah, I think the data has proven that it's not necessarily required, um, but people will still continue to wear if they, for their own comfort and security. So I think we will see a bit of a mixed bag here. Sure. All right. Laura, thanks so much. We're going to leave it there. Laura Holdsworth, Managing Director, Asia Pacific for Booking.com. Always great to have you on the show. Thanks for being with us. Great to be here. Thanks. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.